0: Welcome to the show, everyone, episode 161, and today we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, You probably know by now I have another podcast, it's the Fail Fast Podcast, and I interview successful entrepreneurs, and we discuss their failures. And the reason of this podcast being called the Fail Fast Podcast is sometimes questioned, not really by the audience, but by people all over the internet. What does it mean to fail fast? And what's the benefits of it? So I'm going to leave you with my explanation of what it means to fail fast. And this is a recording from my Fail Fast podcast. And I'm going to leave you with it. A lot of people hear the term fail fast and they don't really know what it means or why we would like to fail fast. A lot of people try to avoid failure, and of course, not a lot of people. Everybody tries to avoid failure, but knowing that with failure is where lessons come, the lessons learned, and all that. Uh, let me jump into this uh, fail fast term, where it comes from, and what it means. So um, the original term fail fast, it comes from computer, uh, computer language. Uh, for example, as, as per Wikipedia in system designs, a fail fast system is one which immediately reports at its interface any condition that is likely to indicate a failure so these fail fast systems are usually designed to stop a normal operation rather than attempt to continue a possibly flawed process so this is the exact meaning of the fail fast and when it comes to the entrepreneurial terms failing fast it just means that You want to, if you're going to fail, you want to be able to capture this failure as soon as possible, where you can still correct your actions or maybe even terminate whatever process you're doing. For example, something that I do often is I probably label products and I launch these products, physical products, and then I sell them on e-commerce and namely one of my biggest platforms is Amazon. So. With testing, every time I find a new product to sell, let's say, for example, I'm going to sell Bluetooth speakers. Every time I launch this new Bluetooth speaker, before I even spend a fortune with uh, packaging, labeling, with design teams, marketing, launch strategies, uh, ordering, shipping, all of this, before I do any of this, what I do is I analyze some of the competitors and I look for their failures. That will minimize my risk by seeing where they failed, what they failed at, and the reason why, if possible. And, of course, this is possible to do. Everything can be done by analyzing competitors online. Software can do everything. Now, that still doesn't mean that I am failing. I am just looking for every way possible to prevent my failure. Now, I will still, of course, launch this uh, this product. But it was still going to be just to test a market. And if the market test doesn't pass my minimum objectives, I'm not going to continue with this product. That means if it failed, it failed right there. So it failed fast. I didn't get too much into financial trouble because of this product. And another great thing that I do with failing fast is that when something fails fast, Now it's very easy for you to go back a few steps and find the reason of the failure. What made it fail? In this particular case, it would be a product. Why did this product fail? And normally, a product fails because of low demand or high competition. Those are the normal two big things that are going to make a product fail. If there's no demand, and if there's high competition and high demand as well, you may not be able to compete right off the bat if you're starting out. Those are the two main things, but there are several other things that can happen and they are hidden in there. And if you're not doing this step-by-step step with the fail fast process, you will not be able to capture which one of those were the trigger for your, for your failure. Many of you listening are more than likely entrepreneurs. And as an entrepreneur, one of the favorite TV shows was like Dragon's Den or a Shark Tank. And how often do you see somebody go over to that show and they think they have the best idea ever, and they have sunk fortunes, fortunes into this product. Because humans, they have a tendency to continue investing in something that isn't really working. It clearly isn't working, but in their mind, it, that thing has a great potential. Now, that's one, one big fa- a big failure, and that's not failing fast, is when you fail to realize lack of potential in something. Now this big failure is the opposite of failing fast. Now it's something that you are in so deep that what can you do after you spend your entire life savings, your family's life savings, you've remortgaged your house into something that clearly isn't working, but you didn't see it until you're in this big hole. What can you do now? Now it's almost impossible for that person To let go of that idea, to let go of that project or product, whatever it is, they have been sinking their life into not only the life savings, but their life and their time. I had a guest on this show, Tom Sylvester. This is one of the very first episodes, I believe episode number three of the Fail Fast podcast. And Tom had this amazing explanation of what Fail Fast was for him. And Tom explained that. He considers failure almost as his GPS. As if he's driving down the road. If you, all, if you have driven with a GPS, you know exactly what happens. The GPS is going to tell you, turn left. If you're distracted and you didn't turn left, it's going to say recalculating. And you're going to go down the road and you're going to turn. As soon as it tells you recalculating, you're going to turn on that next turn. And you're going to come back and turn exactly where you needed to turn in the first place and that was your fail fast. You said the opposite of failing fast is like driving with the GPS, almost as if you have the sound turn off and you drive for an hour without even checking the GPS. Now, when you do check it, you are way out of course, and it's probably better for you just you know, to go somewhere else than to go actually where you planned to go in the first place. Either that or now you've spent so much time on this trip that your whole vacation time is burned through driving wrongly. And this is, of course, just an exaggeration, but it's a really neat explanation of what it means to fail fast and why you want to strategically do it. Think Not think fast, but fail fast. And think fast as well, of course. Now, another thing to note is that a lot of people don't agree with the term fail fast or fail forward. A lot of people hate the term failure, and others say they never fail. Now, one thing in life is certain, and one is actually more than one, but uh, death is certain, failure is certain. Uh, The only way you're not going to fail is if you don't take a single risk. If you don't do anything out of the ordinary, if you never leave your comfort zone, you will never fail, of course. That does not mean that you will be successful just because you didn't fail. And another very important thing is failure. The word failure, the meaning of it is, you know, every person has a different meaning for it. What it means to you may be different than what it means to me. Because personally, I know a failure, when I do something and it doesn't go well, it's technically, I don't like to use the word failure on it. It's just, it didn't work out that way. But the whole project per se Didn't fail, it's still gonna continue. There's still a chance it's gonna be successful, but that particular step didn't work. So I don't know if you if I would call it a failure, plus it's only a failure after you give up. If you're doing something that is not working, but you continue working on it, you continue working on it until you actually get something out of it and you actually make it work the way you want. Now you didn't fail, but when you quit something, if you have this idea and you start working on it and it didn't work that way, of course it failed fast or failed slow, it doesn't matter. But when you quit that idea, of course that one became a failure because it is no longer being worked on. So it did fail, it ended right there. It only fails when it ends. Now this doesn't mean just like I was talking about earlier about you know the people to go to the shark tank and they have invested everything into a failed product or a failed uh, company. That is, is different. It, that product or that idea didn't work, but they have continued to working on the exact same thing over and over, just reinvesting more and more into the exact same idea. That, that, that is a failure because now you, you have no way out. And that product will does not have a leg to stand on it will not survive what you should have done is exactly analyzing these small failures when they're still small these fast failures is when you can realize that there's a chance for you to pivot and maybe transform that company into something else else or alter that product in order that to fulfill a need in the market in in order to increase demand of that particular product. For example, one thing I like doing when I have a brand new product that I want to launch, and sometimes I post pictures on Facebook uh, on groups, right? So I have this secondary account that I just go to, I add to groups, and without being spammy, I just post a picture of that product and ask people, what do you think? There's no link for them to buy it. There's no link for anything, right? So it's not spam. It's just a question. And often, a lot of people come back and ask, what is this? Now, when they ask what it is, I know in that particular case that there will be a lot of costs to educate the audience on what it is and what it does. When people see something that looks good, but they don't know what it is and what it does, you will have to start spend fortunes worldwide. If you're going to sell worldwide, you will have to spend millions probably. Just educating the people that this product exists, for one, and two, what this product does. And in reality, I try to avoid products like that at all costs, unless it's something that I really think is going to go viral, like a fidget spinner or something like that. And uh, I didn't get into fidget spinners, but, you know, that did go viral for that short period of time. And something like that can make millions really quick. If you are the first to market, if you have a nice packaging and you have a nice design. But even those, even when they are super successful like this fidget spinner, although the idea may be a little bit silly now that we look back at it, but at that time when they were launched, it was completely insane. The entire world was buying fidget spinners and it was a very, very big success. But even then, when you have a big success like that, You need to have these fail fast triggers ready to alert you that something is changing and the product is, the virality of this product is no longer increasing. It is decreasing and people are stopping, are are slowing down at least, buying these fidget spinners. And the reason, I don't know, maybe because the market is saturated or because so many cheap knockoffs came out after that, that... The person that was buying the original fidget spinners for 20 bucks each. Now they were getting them at $4.99 and then $1.99 and then 99 cents. And of course, the quality of the 99 cent fidget spinner more than likely is not the same one as that $19.99 fidget spinner. Because every product that we can think of are the majority, sorry, let me rephrase this to the majority of products that we know and that we buy are more than likely made in China. And let me tell you, I get a lot of, st- of my stuff made in China and they can make extremely high quality if you are willing to pay for it, right? Same as in the US, same as in Canada. If you're willing to pay for the quality that the US provides and Canada provides in many other countries, uh, if you're willing to pay for that, of course, you're going to get quality. Same as in China. iPhone is made in China, right? All the, all the big brands are, have their products manufactured over there. But what they do is they make sure that that manufacturing facility follows their quality standards. So when you get something made in China, you can get super high quality. Same as if you don't want to pay the price, they will sell you the super cheap one, right? I have products that I can get for a buck, uh, you know, a dollar and a half, and I can buy the exact same product for six. And now that may seem a little different. A dollar of paying six, of course, it's a five dollar difference. But when I order a C can full of whatever the product is, that five dollar difference per product can turn out to be many, many, many thousands of dollars that I would put in my pocket just by getting the cheaper version. But now, what happens when I buy that cheaper version is that the, the one dollar product, if I'm gonna sell it for 1999 on Amazon that one dollar product more than likely is gonna give me some bad reviews more than likely I'm gonna have a ton of refunds returns and unhappy people while if I increase that I'm gonna lose or not lose but I'm gonna make $5 less per product and if I sell this $6 product also for the 1999 I'm still gonna be making a profit of course But now I will have more happy customers, more people willing to come back and even refer my product to their friends. But enough about the products here, let's talk a little bit more about failure. And I wanna give you a good example. If you are in a company that has salespeople, for example, you would have a monthly or weekly, biweekly reports given to you by those salespeople. I'm hoping that is the case. If, it, if that is not the case, maybe you will have to go and maybe implement that. But by having this, what you're going to do is monthly, weekly, bi-weekly, whenever it is, you're going to check these reports and see the amount of sales that uh, are being brought in by each salesperson. Now, if you saw that first quarter 2017, uh, this person brought in so much, and then first quarter of 2018, this person brought in so much, and then second quarter 2018 even less and then you know you you see the pattern here now if you have this on a weekly bi-weekly or a monthly basis you can actually see that there is something happening there's a trend happening in this person's sales now if you don't have this what happens is a month goes by two months three four a year many years can go by when this person is not performing and you have no idea and that would be a failure for you as a business owner or a business manager now when you do have these stats what you can see is that there's a a quick failure that you caught there so a fail fast safety feature and now you go analyze this, and when you realize that the person is not performing, now you ha- you know you have two options, and those options would be you either uh, you know terminate that person because of that, or you do the right thing, and you would actually talk to that person, find out the reason why, or maybe give them more training. And now the reasons, the reasons why or what you do to fix this, of course, that is up to you. I'm just saying that the, the, the obvious thing that up until now was super obvious to most companies was we'll just terminate the person. That may not be the best option for you and definitely it's not the best option for them. Anybody that feels welcome and has uh, motivation, so maybe you can give this person the motivation and you know find out the reasons why and you can have this top performer in your hands without even knowing it but again if you're if you're not using a fail fast system to analyze your failures you're not gonna come to that conclusion till it's too late by the time it's late now the only option is really to let go of this person because after years of not performing it, it just became a default situation and a default mentality for that person that they don't have to perform so act early And you can save both. You save your business and that person's job, and you may be surprised with the performance. All right, enough about that. Now, everybody that comes in the show, I often, not often, but I every time ask people, what is a book that has influenced them the most? What is their favorite book? And in this case, I'm going to let you know some of mine. One of them is, of course, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. This is a it's a life-changing book. If you get to read it more than once and let things sink in, that's really good. You you can change yourself and even your business uh, by following some of the things that, of course, this is a 1938 book and it's been edited and stuff. But uh, it is still very, very good in today's date. Now, there's the one I finished last week, uh, David Bach. The automatic millionaire. That is beautiful. And David Bach reads the book himself. So, this was the audiobook I listened to, and that was fantastic. I really love it. The fact that David has everything he says there when it comes to financial advice, he backs it up with numbers right after he says it. He doesn't just throw an idea out there and lets people believe in him. He actually backs up everything he says with the math. So that is really, really nice. And then the week prior to this, I finished Henry Ford's own full story. And that was very good. So basically, you know, the title says it all. It's a story of Henry Ford. And it it is fantastic. Um, It's very, very catchy. So when you you start reading the book or listening to the book, you you don't want to let go it's one of those so very good and yeah uh before that my last book prior to that was rich dad poor dad with uh, robert kiyosaki which of course every single one of you probably already read i'm guessing i'm the last person on earth to read that and of course this one was the 1997 one i know in 2017 he rewrote it or he launched it again with some updated stuff but i read the old one because i've had it for so long i just i just never read it until now and as as a closing here i always ask people uh, if somebody wants to get a hold of you if people want to contact you where do they find you so i'm going to do the same for me if you want to get a hold of me of course uh, you can check out failfastpodcast.com i also have another fail uh, another fail another podcast which is qa selling online this one has close to 200 episodes, and it's about e-commerce, selling online, Amazon sellers, Amazon FBA, uh, private labeling products, how to do it. People send in their questions. I answer the questions. I also give tips on stuff like that. And of course, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I actually really like Twitter, at Quinn underscore And Quinn is just Q-U-I-N, only one N as in Nancy. And then Amorim, A-M-O-R-I-M. You can find me anywhere with that name, and I would love to chat with you all. So thank you very much, and stay tuned. I have some really good interviews coming up. I recorded two new this week that are simply golf. Golf, you are going to love this, so check it out. Next week, we're going to launch another one of those. So when you're listening to an interview and you really like the content of that interview, if you like the story, favor I ask you is to go on iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening to it and just leave us a review because that helps a lot. Uh, The podcast, it helps us rank higher and I really appreciate to know what you really think of it. So thank you very much and have a fantastic day.